Hello, I'm Rabbi Iggy, and welcome to Tattoos and Torah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tattoos and Torah. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rabbi Iggy, out of the Chuba Center. Today, as we are about to celebrate Shavuot on this coming Sunday, uh, I wanted to take the time to talk about finding one's passion, uh, about growth, about learning, uh, most of all, um, and how they're all connected. So Shavuot, for those of you who might not know, um, is a holiday, uh, also known sometimes as the Feast of Weeks, uh, sometimes referred to as the Pentecost, um, due to the fact that it's coming right after uh, Passover. Um, it, of course, means 50 uh, in the Greek, the Pentecost, since it occurs uh, about 50 days right after, as we counted the Omer, as we went through this. Um, Shavuot is, of course, the celebration of the revelation. Shavuot is the celebration of the giving of the Torah. We believe that this is the day that the Torah was given in Mount Sinai. So it is the holiday of revelation. Um, in that moment that we were given Torah, uh, the basis of our spiritual life, the five books of Moses that we uh, celebrate, the scrolls that we have in our arcs, in our synagogues, in our shuls. Um, so this holiday that has a lot of different traditions, uh, not the least of which is uh, a night that sort of people study all night long, different uh, Torah from different people. Um, this day of Torah, this day of celebration, you may not believe in God, some people do, but this book, right, this, these scrolls uh, are perhaps the most important book ever written because it has influenced every aspect of human existence uh, across the globe. Um, it has been, of course, the source of both inspiration and strife, but the uh, interpretation of it, the reading of it, the giving of it, the revelation of it is described very uh, in a lot of details in, in the Torah, and it has definitely influenced the Jewish people uh, as the moment where everything uh, changes, everything starts, a moment where we are uh, choosing to be the people of the book, uh, the people of the Torah. Um, <clears throat> in that vein, um, I often talk about the fact that sort of that I learned this in a short graphic novel by Johann Sfar um, called The Rabbi's Cat. Uh, that's how the book is called, where he talks about this sort of uh, way that we uh, get information, right? Sort of, if you will, the, the inquisitive process, the scientific process. And he says that usually, um, right, in the scientific or the expeditive process, there is a thesis, of course, then there is an antithesis, and then there's a synthesis. Um, which is how we sort of learn things and experiment with things. Um, and he talks about how in Judaism uh, we have a thesis, and in that sense I think that thesis is Torah, the giving of the Torah. Um, and then there's an antithesis, and an antithesis, and an antithesis, and an antithesis, and an antithesis. That we are not concerned, I elaborate on that, we are not concerned with synthesis. right? Synthesis in that sense is, is a kind of death, if you will. It's the end of all things. Um, perhaps when we die, we get to learn all things. I don't know. I don't know about the afterlife. That's a different episode altogether. But I think that this idea of antithesis, antithesis, this constantly asking of questions, the reinterpretation over and over and over, which is part of our tradition, what was known as hafokba vehafokba, you turn it over and you turn it over and you study it again and again and again and again. Um, and because we are different all the time, therefore the text becomes different all the time because we changed, so does the text. 
uh, changes with us. And when we read the text, uh, I often talk when I teach that when we read a text, it often says more about the person reading the text than it does the text itself. So this antithesis is the way that we study Torah and the way we um, look at this sort of um, idea that is essential, I think, to Judaism, to continuously study, to find understanding. And in that sense, always acknowledging the uniqueness of every person's interpretation and the uniqueness of every moment that we study the, the Torah. And the, the moment that we study all these different elements allow us to sort of examine ourselves in a very uh, distinct way and also allows us to find the meaning in what we are doing. Um, often in spiritual counseling, I'll ask to open with a text so that we can sort of read the text together. It is a very equalizing way to sort of to understand how we read, how we look, how we immerse ourselves into the text and no better text than uh, to do this with than the texts of Torah or texts of Talmud that we uh, interpret and allowing each and every one of us to have our own interpretation, our own understanding. Uh, it's part of the uniqueness of each individual. Uh, and it has, in fact, I think become a, a very... Uh, ten, basic tenant in in our life and in our halachic in our halachic life, the sort of wisdom that has to come from this. In fact, this idea is represented sometimes by this thought of the seventy faces of Torah, which is an expression that sort of is used a lot. The Torah has seventy faces um, as a way to always make sure that sort of we know the Torah can be interpreted in many, many different ways. Of course, 70 is a typological number. It means a lot, a really, really, really large amount. Um, and that there's really almost no way um, to study Torah that is not legitimate. There is no way that there is one uh, way to study Torah. There's no way that there is one interpretation, that there's always more interpretation, more ability to have more pluralism, more ideas, more uh, points of view. Um, and, and this has been true for Judaism for pretty much uh, day one. Um, and in that sense, when we uh, uh, understand the, the beauty of this sort of um, mass of rainbows and colors and changes and, and different angles and uh, illustrations and illuminations by each individual as they see the Torah uh, is what has sort of uh, kept us alive, I think, this interpretation of over and over and also understanding that each person is in fact an entire world on themselves. Um, so how is this important in general um, and, of course, for recovery? Well, I do believe that in order to grow, we need to invest in ourselves. Um, and we need to make sure that we honor this uniqueness. And, um, and one way to do this, um, uh, a really great way to do this, is learning. Um, you see, the sort of studying and learning uh, needs to be part of our spiritual practice. If you want to have a richer life, uh, you should uh, try something new, uh, trying finding out one's passions, what we're interested in, uh, breeding curiosity as a way of life, as a practice, making sure that we are curious about things that we've always wanted to know. And to ask ourselves, what do we want to know is very, very uh, important for a life of meaning. Um, it, it is somewhat paradoxical, of course, sometimes that sort of many of us indeed do feel better uh, when we challenge ourselves, when we engage with life, trying to learn new skills, um, even and perhaps especially when we fail with those skills along the way, when we experiment, uh, and it's not always a success, right? Sort of taking up a new skill to learn a new language, a craft or an art or exploring uh, new things uh, inspires us. 
Uh, it offers us a, a creative glimpse into the possibilities that we didn't think about before. Um, and, and as an aside, of course, I think I've said it before, if you have a partner, uh, uh, it's a great way to strengthen your relationship, uh, learning or seeing, experiencing something new uh, for the both of you, rather than just showing the other person something that you already know and love. Um, so, so in that sense, growth is an act of creation. Um, and, and by doing so, making new meaning out of life and this creation. This is inspiration uh, for that comes from the beauty of this learning and studying, as I just said. So, right, we have to ask ourselves, right? I ask you, uh, right, sort of, uh, along those lines I've asked us before, what is your favorite meal, right? Can you make it? Uh, what else would you like to try? Uh, do you have a favorite poem, right? Have you, have you memorized it? Um, see, when we connect to things that inspire us, when we learn, we are able to go back to what we need to. Uh, it is a path of, of spirituality. Uh, a spiritual strong core really depends on this inspiration and sort of the life of meaning uh, that is full of it. Um, so, so we have to find our own. And by doing so, uh, we create more space within ourselves to know what we are, what we like, who we want to be, what we are curious about, and how we grow. What, what's the path ahead of us? Um, and, and the study of themselves, as, as I just said as well, uh, allows us to, of course, uh, say that we are worth it, that we matter. Um, but uh, we have to find each person their own study, things they're curious about. We have to make it uh, persistent. We have to make it something consistent in your life, right? So I, I study a few times a week with different people. Uh, it is a practice, it's a spiritual practice to find something to study or to read or to memorize or with other people. Um, as a way to keep growing, as a way to keep curiosity, as a way to making sure that we have a life of meaning. Um, it's also important, of course, when you study with somebody or when you read or when you watch YouTubes or whatever, to check your sources, right? So, like, make sure that you have your own way of, of assessing whether this is right for you and you understand it or this is uh, something that you agree with, right? It is uh, amazing sometimes how many people... Um, say to themselves, well, let me just check this. And then they find a whole world around this. And, and even people who find new things, uh, which is really quite astounding because you think that everything has been discovered. But I think there's so much to be discovered by different people. Uh, so never say to yourself like, oh, somebody must have thought about this before. Sort of go with your passion. Go with your curiosity. Follow the trail. I think it's very important. Um, Torah, of course, is many things, um, right? And and we have to uh, remember the sort of Torah is not just on the texts and not just in the in the books, uh, right? There is this uh, text piece of text that sort of that I really love from uh, from Tractate Brachot, um, where there is this uh, couple stories about uh, one of them, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says that sort of uh, once he uh, entered after his teacher Rabbi Yoshua into the bathroom. Uh, and he says that I learned three things from from the behavior of my of my teacher. I learned that we do not defecate while facing east or west, but only while facing north or south. Uh, I learned that we do not expose ourselves before defecation while standing, but only once seated. And I also learned that we do not wipe ourselves with the right hand, but uh, after defecation, if you will, but after uh, we wipe ourselves with the left hand. Uh, his student, uh, after hearing this, Ben Azai says to him, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you then? Did you act so brazenly? Like, really, you followed him to the bathroom? Come on, you know, towards your teacher. I mean, like, do you really like disrespect him as to uh, really needed to investigate these intimate details?" And Rabbi Akiva says to him, uh, "Yeah, 
his behavior, right, uh, in this matter, he says, this is Torah. Torah, he velil modani tzarich. Torah, this is Torah, and I must study it. Um, and there are different reasons why, of course, sort of we're given uh, as to why um, uh, why we, uh, the things that he learned, right? So like uh, uh, why we uh, clean with our left hand, not with our hand, because right, most people are right-handed, so you don't want to eat with the same hand that you sort of wiped um, your behind with. Of course, this is pre-toilet paper and pre-bathrooms. This is on the outside, right? We, we, um, we learned, of course, that sort of that... Um, uh, there are different ways of how to behave in the bathroom in terms of uh, how we um, face and how we don't just expose ourselves. Uh, again, this is uh, outside. This is not private stalls in the bathrooms. Um, but the idea of that this is Torah and I have to learn it, right? Torah is not just in the text. Torah is also in the behavior of people, of your teachers and your mentors. Uh, the, the Talmud continues there. It says this, the next story is exactly the same, but this time, right, Ben Azai, Right says right. Once I entered into the latrine uh, after my teacher Rabbi Akiva, and I learned the same things. He learned the same, and then his students Rabbi Yehuda says, "Oh my God!" Like the same thing that he said to Rabbi Akiva. Uh, Did you act so brazenly towards your teacher as to investigate these intimate things? And Rabbi Azai says the same answer that Rabbi Akiva gave him about history. He's like, "No, this is Torah, and I must learn it." Torah mod. So right, it's not just about talking about it. Sometimes you have to experience it. You have to go to the class. You have to follow your teachers. You have to see what's going on um, that's very important right that it's not just about the intellectual learning but the experiential learning and and finding people that sort of you can trust the sort of things and of course the Torah is is everywhere um, and and then the last little story which is so uh, which is so uh, interestingly uh, beautiful and disturbing uh, the next uh, story is about this other Rav, uh, Rav Kahana uh, who then uh, hid and he laid under the bed of his teacher, Rav. Uh, and he heard when uh, Rav sort of came into bed uh, with his wife that he uh, spoke with his wife and then he sort of like made love to her or he laughed with her um, uh, to attend his, you know, to, to, to their needs as a married, as a married couple. Um, and he says to himself, uh, perhaps whisperingly, like, well, oh, it looks like, you know, my, my rabbi, it looks, uh, the metaphor is that uh, um, his mouth is like is like the one who has not swallowed uh, any hot food. Uh, it seems like he has never had any hot dish. So like, oh, I would say, so like if I translated that, that, oh, it looks like, you know, Rav is really into it, right? Sort of like he's really uh, 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 having a lot of fun with this. Uh, it's as if he's really, really hungry. Um, perhaps he said it to himself a little too loud uh, because uh, Rav hears him and he says to him, Kahana, are you here? He says to his student, like, whoa, 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 what, what are you doing here? Get out, <laughs> right? This is not proper. I'm here with my wife. This is intimate, right? Like, get out of this place. What are you doing here? And um, and uh, Kahana then responds with what uh, we uh, we just learned, right? No, Torah, this is Torah, and I must study it. Again, sort of the right Torah doesn't just live in the pages. Torah also lives in how your rabbi um, treats, right, his wife, others. So so I'm not proposing that uh, we all be voyeurs. I'm not proposing we should all sort of go to our rabbi's uh, houses and hide and see how they make love. Uh, there is privacy in the modern in the modern era, but I think as in a concept, as an idea, 
uh, I think it's important to know that sort of Torah is, of course, not just on the pages, not just in the learning. It's Torah is in is an art. Torah is how we treat other people. Torah is how uh, even in places that we think it doesn't live, like the bathroom, the latrine, or or the intimate places. In fact, Torah is there as well, and it's very important to to learn it. Um, uh, and then afterwards continues uh, as to some of the reasons why they're given. But when we talk about this sort of Torah and and we talk about how we interpret those those pieces, it's important for us to stand and to um, express to ourselves, okay, now if I want to have a better life, if I want to have a more of a life of meaning, if I want to have more recovery, and I want to really ask myself, how am I going to do that? One of the best ways, especially with Shavuot, where there's so many of these tikkuns, Right, so many of these sort of like free learning opportunities all over the world, all over the country. Uh, it's so much easier with Zoom this year as well to start learning to say, okay, what what am I really interested in? It from from Torah to Kabbalah to Zohar to art to to a craft to whatever it is to find something that I can learn, to, that I can experience, something that I can uh, really use to tantalize my senses, but also my soul and my brain, and that's really important. If you do this on a consistent basis, you will find that it's giving you a lot more meaning in your life. It gives you a rhythm to the week. It gives you a sense of accomplishment and a way to uh, really experiment. And even if you fail, right, if you're doing some things, if you fail, it's part of that journey. And it's really, really important to to continue doing that and learn from our failures. And again, to continue this learning. Um, so, so, so in that sense, you should find a guide, you should find uh, a rabbi or a spiritual leader or, or a mentor. Uh, I learned this not too long ago. I don't know if people know the word mentor, in fact, um, is a name. It didn't start as a noun uh, or a verb to mentor, be an mentor, right? So the word mentor uh, as a noun comes from this generalization uh, of the characteristics of this person called mentor uh, in the Odyssey. Um, uh, the wise and trusted counselor of uh, Odysseus uh, was uh, this person called mentor. Um, who really uh, he trusted Odysseus trusted him uh, when they're dealing with um, uh, with Athena. Um, so that word has become uh, that name has become this sort of verb of to mentor. But find a mentor, um, find somebody that can teach you, um, and also be a mentor. Find somebody you could teach sometimes, um, somebody that something that you can uh, 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 give to somebody else as well. Um, so. That's it for Shavuot, and I hope you all find each of you a way to sort of study or to to find a way to do this. If you're listening on Friday, uh, this particular Friday, I'm teaching a Shavuot class at the JCC in Manhattan um, at 8.30 uh, Eastern time. So um, if you want to join that, just go on the... Um, just go on the uh, JCC Manhattan, the Marley Marison JCC Manhattan website. I'm on there. I think it's free. All you want to do is register. I'm talking about Talmud after dark, uh, about the habits of, of rabbis uh, after dark. Um, so uh, so hope maybe I'll see you there. But if not, uh, find somewhere to learn. Uh, put that study into practice every week um, and find your own Torah. Immerse yourself in your own Torah. So I wish you a Chag Sameach, a happy Shavuot. I hope that you find... Uh, a teacher, a mentor. I hope that you become a teacher and a mentor. Uh, thank you for joining me again um, for Tattoos and Torah. Uh, if you're listening to this in the afternoon, hopefully you'll join us today for also for Pop-Up Shabbat for Chuva Center. That's tonight. We're going to celebrate spring. Uh, thank you again. Uh, this is Rabbi Iggy out of Chuva Center. Uh, thank you. I'll see you next week.